0: In brightest day in blackest night all other podcasts tremble and fright losers cower before the power orange is lust and blues you can trust indigos feel and white ones heal yellow scare and green ones dare that sapphire love Hey everybody, I'm Chad Volkman. I'm Mark Marble, and
1: this is the Lantern Cast, episode 547.
0: That's right. Tonight we are talking about Green Lantern War Journal number five. I can't believe we're already this far into the series. It feels like we've been going forever. Um, I guess the backups probably make it feel like that. That's
1: yeah. I think that's probably that's probably true because we have the had all those issues of the beginning issues of of Green Lantern that had the stories in it too really
0: yeah for sure Uh, i did want to just because we we don't talk about them very often uh, at least lately i do want to talk a little bit about the cover here um the main cover by montos uh look i love montos's art and we'll talk about that more as we go into the more the issue itself but uh you know i've said it before on on multiple not just this show but anytime i talk about art on any other podcast I don't like white backgrounds in blank spaces. I, this bothers me because what it feels like is guys, for those of you out there listening, do you ever see like really clever um, uh, album art from us with lots of different little customizations? Uh, no, I am not a, a Photoshop genius or anything like that. I just find PNG files, which are basically, you know, <laughs> pre, Uh, pre-cut out little pictures with blank backgrounds. And I just layer shit on top of each other. That's what this feels like. It feels like Montos did this sketch of Shepard and John and, and Kyle and uh, on its own blank background and layered it on top of this other sketch he did. And this other sketch he did. And I don't like that on (laughs) this comic. It's fine for a innocuous podcast (laughs) cover art, but for an actual comic book issue i'm not sure i'm happy with this
1: i i can understand that objectively speaking i actually and we'll talk more about i don't think the art was as strong in this issue as some of the others in this run so far it just seemed the lack the lack of detail to me kind of in in artistically in the in the sketches the it just seemed it bothered me a little bit more for some reason in this issue
0: Yeah, uh, it's just we rarely talk about the covers these days other than saying, hey, like the cover or didn't like the cover. Um, This one was just I love Montos' art. I don't like the design of this cover. (laughs) Um, But anyways, that being said, we are jumping into the story, which is called Shining Light. And this is obviously Philip Kennedy Johnson with artist Montos, colorist Adriana Lucas uh, and Christopher Sotomayor letterer dave sharp and cover artist montos and um Math, matt hearns and then you got your variant covers and, and editor team so we kind of open up out in space john's got his new ring he's talking about his relationship with it and how it's still connected to its prior prior bearer uh varos and he right. basically ta- baron sorry he basically right. taps into the um to the ring to kind of find kind of like look and and highlight the radiant dead uh, across the planet. And we, they show up as little green lights and it's spread pretty far across the planet from village to village and just um, uh, cities and various uh, rainforests and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, back over on Metrop- in metropolis at steelworks, John is saying goodbye to the steel family before he goes, he gets news that his mother is kind of declining, she's hallucinating and everything, uh, and they tell they warn him before he goes in there, "Hey, don't push her. You you got to be delicate." He says, "I'm a Green Lantern, a Green Lantern, you can do anything." He goes in and sees his mom. She seems to recognize him right away. Um so he starts talking to her and then it becomes very clear that she's not seeing him. She's seeing her late husband who she's asking to play with john and check in on ellie and then she john says ellie's gone and just his mother flips out um and he says he you know he tries to calm her down says you're going to be okay and he steps away and grabs a photo of himself as a young man with his mother and ellie and he keeps repeating to himself a green lantern can do anything over and over again and anything he kneels down and his power comes out of him, and suddenly there stands Ellie. Not just a construct, although she has a green hue about her, but a a living either con—we'll talk about it later—like construct or just a person, whatever. He asks her immediately if she understands what she is, and she says she's a part of him, and to, her purpose essentially is to look after John's mother. He says that's my girl, and gives her his dog tags. He sends her in uh, after his mother calms are down and then John and Shepard go out into space uh to to fly in an arc over to the Amazon rainforest they see the symbol for the dark stars they go looking uh even though they can't John can feel the radiant dead all around them they're not yet quote unquote springing the trap whatever they expect the trap to be um and as they're looking around um they, they he feels that Varen john feels that Varen is close and all of a sudden there's an attack they shield up but it's an attack from other green constructs and a squad of green lanterns from the united planets is surrounding them asking about Varen, uh and why you wear his ring and so on and so forth Varen or er, Varen attacks alongside that's the queen herself too right she's yes the, yep uh and a massive constructs or other worldly aliens i don't know what these things are uh they take out a bunch of the lanterns uh some of them may still be standing at the end of this issue uh but it looks like they're all pretty quickly wiped out and um the radiant queen uh, says you were so focused on the infection spreading within your body you never saw the light devouring your very world and then it ends and says uh next end and beginning
1: so at least one of the lanterns is still alive so, yes i think so yeah, well yeah because he's in he's in oh, Kang, yeah, yeah yeah Because yeah, there there's is. only because the other two are john and shepherd so if that threw me off too because i i had to flip back through it to make sure that because, because the cover is misleading because it makes you think that you know the the ghost of kyle somehow factors in here when of course he doesn't uh so first right off the right off the bat do you think Do you think there are course correction to make it clear that Ellie and Rose are the same person? Do you think that was always the plan or is that Philip Kennedy Johnson realizing he screwed up and used the wrong name for the daughter? And now he's trying to rectify it.
0: Did I, did I miss something? Oh, where's my Ellie Rose? Yes. Um, Okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, So (laughs) he said it in the interview, didn't he? Like we're going to have to, this is one of those few times uh, we'll have to find the clip and put it in. He didn't know. Right. He said he didn't know
1: until I told him in that. Interview don't forget I him. wasn't there. So I'm only going by memory. I'm going. By mem- I, I know. I know. I, ed- I mean, f- from editing. Yes. I mean, but I mean. Yeah, he didn't. I, I he did not know about it. So. So this is a course. Cor- this is a rec. a course correction, a retconning to make sure that it fits.
0: The lantern cast made it into a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys. It's very tangential. But we have a connection to something on the published page. <laughs> that that's kind
1: of wild if you think about it. Well, it would have been more wild if he actually gave us a shout-out for it. But since you know did... <laughs> that that's one of the when I read this issue, that was one of the first things I noticed. Is like I did I did because that interview was a while ago too, to be fair. But the reality is it's like that's the first, because it's certainly the first time on the written page that they've they've made it clear that Ellie and Rose, because Rose was the name given to John's sister who died in the car crash back in the day, that that's the first time it became clear that this was one and the same. So the question, of so my natural inclination was, well, I mean, my my instinct even without the interview was, oh, this is this is now retroactively trying to connect the dots when they weren't there before to to make it to make there not to be a continuity problem. So, it it's, it still leads you to the same place. It's just this is yeah. the first time we get any we get written confirmation that yes, Rose and Ellie are the same character. We've ne- we never saw how Ellie died, right? In any of the either the backups or any of the proper issues of this? Yes. No. I don't th- yeah, I don't think we've had anything in the, in, okay. in this book.
0: Because because that throws another wrinkle if Ellie Rose is one and the same and if her death still stands as a car accident last, we knew in terms of prior continuity, especially during the, I, the first Ion story, power of ion, John is responsible. Yeah. So yeah. that, that I, you know, if we, if we were thinking, Hey, Ellie and Rose might be separate people or, you know, you know, Philip Kennedy D. Johnson just didn't know about Rose. So he's just doing, creating another little sister out of whatever. And she has her own continuity if it's now confirmed, they're probably one and the same, then that opens up the possibility that he, he's still responsibility. He's, he's still responsible for her death, which since we didn't know this was actually Rose, we did, we weren't thinking about before. So this, this whole re- emotional relationship he has with his mother and trying to calm her down. And, and every time she brings up Ellie, that adds a whole new emotional wrinkle for him. We didn't have before. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And it also might explain, which of course, obviously, there's this opens the door for many things. It may also ex- explain a little more. It makes it a little easier to understand why he he's he goes parallaxing here in his in his decision to do what he did, which on some level is very un John Stewart like. This was also kind of
0: spoiled in uh, one of the solicits um, for some of this. I don't uh, know if it was an upcoming issue of War Journal or just an appearance of John um but they were one of the solicits was talking about like due to the consequences of yeah what he did and yeah they they, this is what they were talking about which sucks but whatever yeah
1: because you mentioned it so the fact that that was that was basically a spoiler that we that based on how they wrote it that he was going to in some way shape or form he was going to be resurrecting his sister yeah and obvious so but it but and here, here, and here, and Phil, and Philip Kennedy Johnson is listening to us again. Now, here's a golden opportunity to have convergence, parallax, and John Stewart square off, square off soon, because because <laughs> obviously John Stewart's not the grass isn't no pun intended isn't always greener on the other side, is it, John? Because he that's because this is a very parallaxian decision to he may not be doing it entirely for himself, but he's doing it for his mother. But he's still doing something he shouldn't be doing because he has the power to do it. And to quote unquote rectify a wrong, especially if the continuity still stands and he was directly responsible or he couldn't prevent it. That's, that's a very, that's a very parallaxian way of going about things.
0: That's true. That'd be a really good plus too, because like as much as you want to, as much as you want to see convergence parallax come back just in any comic book. So someone remembers he's out there at least this way, it would be actually a good matchup because it's almost God for God in terms of like lantern energy um available energy because like as much as you'd be like yeah how modern how should go against you know a uh, convergence parallax the two should meet yes because you want to see that for the how how but do you really think regular power level how can
1: beat parallax how well like, they already kind of matchup? they kind of sort of had him do it though it was just playing head games with him
0: yeah exactly but, but, but this would be more even match up for sure plus the parallels you mentioned
1: and also, don't forget we had the we had that weird thing about when uh, with that modern Christ, that modern classic Dark Christ. Oh God! That uh, damn you, Dan. The fact that in John's little fantasy world, which is well, which some of this still some of the continuity of things in that world, suppose he did take place or whatever. You know, remember he sees Hal, and, and the first thing he sees is parallax. So there is kind of there there is kind of a. Which, if you want to psychoanalyze John, that there there could be a little bit something to that to why you know there is a issue with parallax that's still unresolved for him, and also the fact that let's that we haven't really seen John Stewart and Parallax square off really pretty much at all other than for like a second or two ever. So it would it would it would be interesting. And, you know, and and who knows, maybe that confrontation could actually make John realize that maybe he's not exactly that he's not exactly seeing things through a a proper prism himself at the moment, depending on as much as he thinks that he is. So,
0: yeah, last thing I'll say is uh, and it's not really worth elaborating too much on, but another showing that the United Planets uh, Green Lantern Corps, at least of uh, those members filled by or those ranks filled by united planets uh these lanterns ain't shit
1: (laughs) yeah there's it's a large bag of douchery going on with these guys and and they 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 had they had less 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 training uh than uh probably ray and luke had divided by two in their their star wars movies of of jedi training but at least they had gifts these people ain't got nothing
0: (laughs) yeah uh i will say real quick because we didn't mention it uh obviously you know John creates some construct dark stars to kind of surround them and, you know, kind of scope out the area. One of which is clearly Marin.
1: Yes. Which is one of the, which we'll see if that has, if that has more significance to it. Um, Later on. Yeah. But it, yeah,
0: technically the first time, I mean,
1: obviously it's a
0: construct and not even a full one, but technically the first time we've seen Mera or Marin on the page in a long time in a green lantern title.
1: <laughs> that is true. Plus, Plus we do get confirmation that the dark stars do not exist in Shepard's universe. Yeah. Well, they see, or or at least he has no knowledge of them. Yeah. It could have been something that has, that they were not, that had come and gone. And then of course uh, they were never given the information, but it's probably more likely that they didn't, they didn't exist. Yeah. So that's, uh, another, another difference between another difference between the two. So it's, uh, I thought the artwork picked up towards the back of the book once you get to the action sequences. Yeah,
0: that was going to be my last point. As you were talking, so you said you didn't like the artwork too much, this issue.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I, the stuff in the beginning with like John, especially the panels with John and Natasha in the switching back to the almost Michael B. Jordan looking version of Jon Stewart. I just think there's so little detail on their faces, especially Natasha in that one panel when she's talking about the wakes up thing. It's like just seems like there's so much detail that's missing that. And so even and even it gets a little more detail when John goes in and talks to his mother and stuff. But I just but just the very the first few panels, even John's face and stuff when he's flying in space. Just something about it seemed a little seemed a little off to me. And then it does it it obviously was more of an it was more of a momentary thing, even though I guess you get a little bit more of it, like when John and Shepard are talking and Shepard's apologizing to him. It's a little bit more of it there, but it struck because it was so glaring in that in that steel and Natasha Page which that that just kind of like that stuck with me. And then once you get to the back end of the book, it, it kind of goes back to the quality of the art that's been. That we're used to so far in this book, and there certainly is a lot of detail with stuff with the Revenant Queen and the Radiant Dead and yeah, like that, that, gi- that splash that, is crazy. Yeah, that giant like spider like thing in the middle yeah. and and everything else. So I don't know if it moves other than the stuff other than the stuff with John and and his sister. I don't know if it really moves the plot forward all that much. Um
0: in terms of information we know about the radiant dead and the revenant queen no
1: yeah yeah so i think so I, it's certainly not a filler issue but but the the most memorable thing in the issue at the moment other than john and shepherd maybe understanding each other a tad more is obviously john the act of creation john goes through and then you know the, as we know there's going to be is will be ramifications for that down down the stretch so
0: I enjoyed it, though. I thought it was a great issue. Uh, and the art was pretty great in, in the places where it had moments to shine. Uh, like the, the creation of Ellie is interesting, but obviously that's a full page sketch of a character. And, you know, yes, it's got these high tech hallways that you see a lot. But uh, I I get the PNG layering effect with that. And then the very next page, of course, is just shots of John and Ellie uh, and the dog tags with in totally blank backgrounds of varying colors so there's a lot of moments here like at least the stuff with ellie that i just mentioned with the yellow and black and the blue backgrounds and all that stuff i can see what they were why the choice would be to leave those blank because i i you know there are times when I don't like the blanks and sometimes when I don't mind it quite as much because they are using it the right way. They do you want the focus here? This is an important moment. This is an emotional moment. It's going to also affect, you know, that first panel by itself of we see of Ellie's face. There's a reason it's that tight in on her face, you know, like they're doing this for a purpose. Um, But, you know, there are other times when it doesn't feel like the uh, blank space backgrounds were, Meant for any specific artistic purpose other than to just give the artist more time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I liked it. Great issue. Yeah, it's this. This book is. I mean, both the books have been good. I mean, we. Yeah, this than... one
0: is surprisingly so. Like I, it wasn't like I thought it was going to suck, right? But like, it's perf- it's doing better, and I'm more excited about it than I thought I would be going into it
1: it's it's got a t- it has a tougher road to hoe doing a John Stewart book in general I think yeah. I think john as, as much as Hal gets crap for being quote unquote boring, even though I don't think that criticism is nearly as as opinion, but I don't think it's as legitimate criticism since the Johns era go- going forward as compared to maybe before that John's not John Stewarts not much doesn't have much more of a leg to stand on as far as having you know, being not boring either. I mean, he's pretty much defined by the same things over and over again. And, and he seems to be, if not a one trick pony, very, very much a one or two trick pony in the way he's written. And I think this book, especially by the nature of what they're, what they're doing with this, that there, I mean, it is kind of like a continuation of certain things that has come, had come before. And, but it's not stuff that was going on like in a mainstream green lantern book. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a tougher, it's a tougher task. So I think because because of that, I think that in on one level that makes it, you know, when the expectations are lower, it obviously makes it easier to exceed them. But I also think that sometimes it gives you more freedom, too, because the like there's like like Ron and Daryl pointed out, especially Ron about, you know, when you when they when they took over the, the, the Green Lantern book, it's like, well, when when the book isn't selling and the expectations are low, it's like that's pretty much when you can just throw throw, throw everything against the wall because you got nothing to lose. So it makes it easier too to kind of like maybe experiment and do a few and do some things that you wouldn't necessarily expect expect or take things in a few different directions and. So far, it's it's no no
0: no yeah it's 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 I was just gonna elaborate a little bit more like to me and this is this is pretty high praise if if this level of quality continues to the end of this uh, series or whatever but I'm prepared to say now that I'm enjoying this so much that. Look, if I were to someone says, hey, I need to I, I would like to know more about Guy Gardner. What trade do you think I should give a shot? It's going to be Emerald Warriors or it's going to be his stuff with the Red Lanterns. If it's how I'm going to say Jeff John's Secret Origins or, or Green Lantern, Earth One or something. This might be the Jon Stewart book. I recommend people, uh, which let's be honest, in terms of what's available in term in print, uh, trade paperbacks containing stories about John." Maybe that's not as high a praise as I think it is, but this is this would be a really great candidate for something to do, to give somebody who is curious specifically
1: about John Stewart. As you know, as a character study, I can't disagree with that. I think that I think that makes sense. I'm not sure from a from a plotting story perspective this would be the easiest thing maybe for people to get into. Uh, but yeah, when you because you assume that the uh sto- the stories from the, the Green Lantern backup would be in the same trade here as a, as a, like a prologue that, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I, I will be curious to see where this goes. And, and clearly of the three of the three books we're get, getting monthly that uh, we kind of know which two books we're enjoying and which one we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you listeners can figure out which one we don't like.
0: Uh, but I think that's all I got for this one. So uh, anything else for this issue?
1: For this issue, now I think we're good. All right, what's next? Let's do the Marvels thing, just because. Uh, like I said, it it may be t- too much too much head scratching negativity if we wait if you wait for next <laughs> we wait for next week. So for those of you who don't know this, and I showed this to Chad, and and, and obviously you know this is bad because if even Chad goes, wow, that was that that probably wasn't appropriate, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> you know it's got to be something. That for those who don't know, and it wouldn't be surprising because it's not like it's gotten a big a lot of traction out there for people to hasn't been a real story that if you go to YouTube and you search for the Marvel's deleted scenes, (laughs) there is this really bad at multiple levels deleted scene in which uh, and it's fully rendered. So it was a scene that probably if I had to guess was actually in one of the cuts of the movie before that movie got cut and spliced. So horribly that it probably was actually in one of the cuts and was removed. Where v- Valkyrie is essentially zooming, trying to zoom Captain Marvel on a video call, and she gets Kamala instead, who's in in her ship. So she mishears her and thinks she says her name is Mrs. Marvel, which leads to a whole, which leads to a joke that when you watch the movie, if you've seen it, it makes sense why she would kind of Valkyrie would make the comment that she made. That's fine, but then and then they're about to make a high a space jump, and she tells. She tells Kamala, oh, you better strap on. Oh, I mean, strap in. And it's like, really? Didn't offend me because it takes a lot to offend me. But it's like it's it's just the it's just so blatantly stupid. And it because it's it's just inappropriate. It's just and it makes you wonder how the hell that thing ever got filmed, let alone why would you ever release that? And I was I was thinking about this today. Because I I'm I'm, i don't want to speak for you. I did a little, but I'm going to let you give your thoughts on it clearly. But I was thinking about the reason why it's inappropriate is, is the joke is borderline inappropriate. But it wouldn't be so bad, number one, if, of course, Valkyrie wasn't thousands of years old. And she has no idea how old Kamala is, which is true, which from as a character perspective, she's like she's supposed to be 16. But she damn well knows she's pretty young. So first of all, to be assuming she's in a, she, I know she she mishears, she mishears, but to assume she's in a sexual relationship with Captain Marvel number one, and then to make a, to make a to make a dildo joke basically of, of, to a young kid that you have no relationship with, that's what really makes it inappropriate. If and I was thinking about how the same joke could be made with one of one of the two characters, and it would work. If she made if Valkyrie was in the Eternals and made that joke to Sprite. With we with us, A, already knowing Sprite's really an adult trapped in an adolescent girl's body, and if they had already established that Valkyrie and Sprite had met before, so she already knew that, it's, it would be a little bit, because the actress is clearly young. But you know the character's not, and, and you understand, and Valkyrie wouldn't just be making a random sex joke to a, to a 14-year-old kid. That would probably work, that would work better. And obviously, not just because, hey, James Gunn making a strap-on joke. Wow, that we could never imagine that. But if in guard, and, and whether it's in Guardians Three or it's some like movie like Infinity War, where Kamala had to meet up with the Guardians for some reason, and Mantis told Kamala that they were about to make a high, space jump, so she better strap on. And then even if she doesn't, the gong doesn't go off in her own head, which it could, but it wouldn't be as funny. But whichever other Guardians were in the room, kind of like look at each other, then look at her. And maybe Kamala kind of kind of like gave her the eyebrow to at first or a stunned look like, what is she talking about? And then eventually eventually Mantis gets it. Oh, I mean, strap in. You could get away with that because because number one, we know Mantis, besides being horribly socially awkward, is just she's innocent. She would that would be literally a play on words that that she missed. She mixed up words kind of like anybody who ever saw Cannonball Run. <laughs> there's, a, there's a line when Dom DeLuise is, is supposed to order food and he says, uh, "I'll have the frickin' fricassee," and then stops it and goes, "Chicken fricassee." <laughs> it's just a play on words. It's just, it's, just, it like Mantis wouldn't be making it as a direct sexual reference. You would, that would be the humor in it. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that it just makes you wonder why in the world they would ever film it, or <laughs> certainly why they would release it because it just because of the nature of the characters and the age and their interactions are just not offensive to me. It's just, it, it is pretty head scratching. That's all.
0: Yeah. I, I still haven't seen Miss Marvel or sorry, the Marvels. So the context was a little bit lost to me. Yeah. It, it struck me as odd for two reasons. So first of all, the, just to get it out of the way, like, obviously I'm just trying to think of what I'm saying. I think it's okay. And healthy even obviously for, a person of Kamala's supposed age here to have had conversations and be exploring their own sexuality by this point. What's weird, and even talking about it in whatever way they want to, um, uh, 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 that that feels healthy to them. But it's weird when you involve adults in that process, <laughs> like,
1: especially, th- especially thousands of years old adult <laughs> when you really think about it. With Valkyrie,
0: yeah. And, you know, the her just being a worldly person and really ancient, not having context or lack the social skills thereof to to really understand and, and just try to read the room and read the potential young girl's age or whatever. It was just a really weird thing to, to bring up. Like, honestly, I almost dislike that more than the strap on joke, because, you know, I don't know maybe they're they're honestly they're both kind of they're they're both of of varying uh or of differing levels of awkward for almost the same reason but i can't <laughs> i can't really put my too fine a point on it
1: <laughs> when you see the mo- but but when you see the movie though the quote unquote marriage joke makes sense okay that's the only reason that's the only reason that, that i because so her joke There is just a combination of mishearing her saying Ms. Marvel instead of Mrs. Marvel. And then it's the context of when you see the movie, that 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 comment that she makes about about not being invited, blah, 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 blah. That makes more sense when you see what happens in the movie. So that by itself probably I mean, yes, it it left it open for people to read into it by saying, okay, she's really thinking this chick who looks barely legal. And we know in, in, in Amon Valani is like 19 going on 20. So the actress itself isn't the issue it's but the character is significantly younger. She's supposed to be 16. I but still, I believe in the MCU that, yeah, you could still have that problem, but at least the context of why Valkyrie could either be trying to make a joke or is confused. Plus I guess, I guess technically if, if, if Kamala wasn't really human, she wasn't from earth, then maybe she wouldn't people age differently. All that stuff. Go, go back to the Arisia garbage too. I don't know, but that wouldn't be I think that you could get away with that one a lot easier. The difference is the making a you know making a pretty blatant sexual joke coming from the character of Valkyrie like that's why I threw out those other examples because I was thinking about it today. It's like if mantis did it, people would just think, okay, it'd be funny because mantis is so lost and she barely and she doesn't understand sayings and she's just and you know there'd be no malice or no she wouldn't be you didn't you wouldn't never assume she's sexually a. Ab- making any sexual references or coming on to Kamala and you open and you certainly open the door for Valkyrie to be interpreting that, Oh, she'd make, she's, you know, she blatantly sexualizing this her limited relationship with this, with this kid that she really knows nothing about. So yeah. didn't offend me. It's just, I just, it was one of those things where you, you saw it for the first time, people talking about it and you go watch the scene. It's like, wow, that's re- that's really, that really is a bad decision to, to. And why? And maybe it speaks volumes that somebody would think you could actually film that scene and finish it, and it has it and it have a chance to be in the movie, considering where Marvel. Maybe that speaks volumes about where Marvel really is right now, and what's going on culture wise and Marvel. That's that they that they actually filmed it and it was a finished scene, because and like I said, that makes me think that it probably wasn't a cut of the movie at one point, and then somebody was smart enough to say we probably should take that out yeah but they shouldn't release it i don't know (laughs) what there are plenty of deleted scenes that never see the light of day that's probably probably one of them (laughs) it should have been
0: all right anything else we want to talk about tonight
1: no i think actually i think actually we were very succinct shockingly so but good (laughs) it's a good thing sometimes yes sir all right,
0: guys, don't forget this uh, episode and every episode until the end of February is sponsored by Manly Bands. Uh, they have a whole line of the DC related uh, rings on their website, manlybands.com. Uh, Superman Green Lantern, obviously. That's why we're here. Uh, Flash Nightwing, all kinds of cool stuff. So, If you are interested, go check them out, because as a listener, you get a very special discount code. LanternCast30 gives you, surprise, surprise, 30% off of any one of those uh, rings on their website from the DC Collection. So give that a go. Code LanternCast30 from now until the end of February.
1: Yes, absolutely. We never did. I don't know if we ever played around ourselves to figure out if you could do two discount codes in one order. Like if you were, if somebody, like if somebody chose to order a 20% off ring, whether you could throw in the, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but that would, I'm not sure if it would just take the 30% off the Green Lantern ring and then negate the other 20% off the, I don't know, it would be interesting, but either way, you should check, you should definitely check out everything they have available because they do have a lot of cool rings that are still 20% off. Uh, so for some reason, the DC, obviously the DC collection is more up our alley, but they do have, as we discussed in that episode, there's a lot of cool things to check out, even if you're not a big 100 percent dc fan or you are but nothing grabs you certainly take a look what else they have because they certainly have some cool rings to get no matter what for sure all right so lanterncast at gmail.com our website is lanterncast.com you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook hashtag geocast we're on apple Podcasts, podbean and spotify well spotify we made it quite difficult this week <laughs> but we are still there and all problems currently resolved whichever platforms you listen to us on please leave us a positive review last but not least if you'd like to leave us a text or a voicemail 708 708 lantern and let us know what you think
0: that's right and if you follow us on any uh, social media sites such as x facebook uh threads or blue sky or instagram uh i have updated the link on our profile to a link Tree link. For those of you who don't know, that's essentially just one link that takes you to a page with all the links. So uh click on it. You can and from there, you can just find us on any platform you wish to, uh, both in listening to the content, viewing it on YouTube, on our website, or on any of our social medias.
1: Yep. And I'll start posting that on our when we drop our new episodes, post it on the page, they're right up on the website. And next week should be the one everybody's waiting for. Certainly not. Well, <laughs> everyone maybe but Chad. <laughs> we should be we should be doing Alan Scott three and four. God help us. We apologize, manly bands now in advance for that, <laughs> but, but it should be it should be, if nothing else, it should be as always an interesting episode.
0: For sure. And we'll talk to you then, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night.